What's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Ask PG Braun. And I have a very, very special guest here on Skype with me. This is last year's NPC USA heavyweight champion, Nathan Epler. Nathan, how are you? Doing well, PJ. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You're looking very lean over there. I'm trying. We're trying. 16 weeks out, so just getting very excited and changing uh, changing fast now. Do you stay lean all the time? I do. Yeah, yeah. So I've always been a um, little bit of a smaller person, and typically, yeah, I stay um, fairly lean. Even with higher food amounts, I usually stay uh, fairly lean, even in the off-season. Yeah, I've never seen a picture of you not looking lean, which is good. We're going to go through some history with uh, Nathan Epler, but just to get you guys excited, um, Nathan said he is not afraid to talk about some of his gear protocols, so we're going to get into that as we go along, but I want to go all the way back. We got about an hour. I am uh, late. It is my fault, so we're going to crank through some, some content with him, but I want to go all the way back to the beginning. Let's talk about uh, where you were born, where you grew up, a little bit about your childhood. You don't have to give us the full biography. I just want people to know a little bit about, you know, your background, where you're from. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm born and raised here in uh, Greenwood, Indiana. We are um, probably about 20 minutes south of Indianapolis. So um, central middle of the state. Um, like I said, born and raised here, um, went to school at Greenwood. Um, I still live in Greenwood and, um, yeah, that's, so you never really left Greenwood. No, no. I mean, I've, uh, I bought a house that was one city, um, South of Greenwood and Whiteland. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just recently sold that house and uh, we moved back to Greenwood. Is Greenwood country? No, no, it's, um, it's pretty heavily populated, okay. um, and actually, it's it's grown a lot in the last ten or fifteen years or so. Um, and now it's almost pretty landlocked. It's actually hard to find um, housing in Greenwood because it is so heavily populated. It's a very nice area, um, but yeah, it's it's not not in the country. If you go a little bit south, twenty minutes south of uh, Greenwood, then you start getting into the country a little bit more. I was out, I was out in some serious uh, country for uh, um, an event that I did at my buddy Tom's gym. I forget the name of the town, but uh, I think we were like four hours south of Indianapolis. Was it in Evansville? Evansville I think it was in- yeah. yeah, yeah. That to me was country. That to me was country. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is pretty country. Um, so let's go back. I want I want everybody to get an idea because I already know these things, but let's go back in time a little bit. And because you're a pretty young guy, how old are you? I'm 25. So you're only 25. Let's go back in time to when you first got into working out. Like, what got you into working out? Yeah, so it's pretty funny. Now, the more I think about it, I've always been into um, fitness and exercising. Um, even when I was a young kid, like seven, eight years old, I had a good buddy that um, lived down the street from me, and his dad had a home gym. And we used to go in there and we used to do dips and pull-ups and um, I was very competitive so I always wanted to see how many pull-ups I could do, how many dips I could do, how many push-ups, crunches. I was always doing that as a little kid but I never really realized what it would fruition into um, later down the road. But that's kind of when I started exercising and my grandfather used to uh, work out a lot as well and I would watch him and I was always pretty interested in in muscles and veins and you know why people were doing certain things and uh 
Yeah, and then I started wrestling when I was in sixth grade. So 2006, I started wrestling. What made you get into wrestling? <laughs> it was. It's a funny story. I actually was. Uh, I was very tiny. I was so small. Like in sixth grade, I was like 70 pounds. Wow! Holy shit! I, yeah, I was tiny. I was a little guy. I was like not even five foot tall. And um, the wrestling coach was an English teacher, and he caught me in the hallway one day and he said how much do you weigh probably about 75 pounds right and i said <laughs> you know i said yeah i think 72 and he said we need a 75 pounder on the wrestling team have you ever wrestled and i said no and he said come to practice and i did and i got my butt kicked so bad for probably a year or two straight but um that's how i started wrestling and then i started weight training uh, because of that as well so sixth grade, you're 72 pounds, you start wrestling, get into weight training, and you get into high school, are you still wrestling? Yeah, yeah. Did you go through high school wrestling? Yes, yeah. What weight classes were you in as a wrestler in high school? Yeah, so I, and I played a lot of sports growing up. I played football, basketball for 10 years, I was a baseball player for nine years, uh, and then once I got introduced to wrestling and about my eighth grade year, I started getting better. And then when I entered freshman year, I was 105 pounds. Wow. That was 2009. Mm -hmm. um, I was 105 pounds. I wrestled up a weight class in the 112 division because there was a junior that was in the 103 weight class that was better than me. Um, so I wrestled up that year. Um, and then I gave up all the other sports for wrestling, wow. um, because I was, was getting better. Um, then 2010, I was a sophomore. I wrestled, um, I wrestled 125 okay. and then junior year I wrestled 130 and then senior year I wrestled 132. Very, very, uh, for the wrestling people out there, very competitive classes. Once you get into that 130 range, 132 yes. range. Uh, now, when you were really light, when you first started in high school, did you ever wrestle any girls? I did. Because there are a lot of girls that wrestle in those very light weight classes. Yeah. Where I went to a school, and so in Danbury, quick little side story, you guys will, some of you will probably go and like Google this. There was a girl named Susie Levitt that wrestled like 105. And she was, I don't want to misquote myself, but she might have been an All-American. And there was an issue where a lot of the guys didn't want to wrestle her because she was a girl. Mm -hmm. um, she was also cute, but she was strong. And um, so a lot of guys didn't want to wrestle her for a girl. But then on the flip side, a lot of guys didn't want to lose to a girl. <laughs> um, so there was like a big issue there. Either you're beating up on a girl or you're losing to a girl. But she went very, very far. Um, I wonder where, where she is now, but she yeah, obviously she stayed in that weight class the whole time. So you grew, and as you were growing, um, you, you stopped playing other sports, right? Yeah. It was all wrestling. Wrestlers, I find, always make good bodybuilders. I agree. Because um, you, you understand the diet cuts and everything else. Um, yeah. A lot of people in my family uh, come from wrestling backgrounds. I was, I was never as, as good as my, my cousins, but – that mindset I think is very, very important. So when you were going through school and you were getting ready to graduate, did you have aspirations of playing like or wrestling in college? 
Yeah, um, I was pretty good by the time I got to um, by the time I got to my junior. Well, and I started wrestling in the off season too, so I was wrestling year round. And I think going back to what you said about um, wrestlers making great bodybuilders, I think that's so true just because of the level of discipline that mm-hmm. wrestling takes. And that if you really want to be successful, you are going to wrestle year round. You're yep. gonna you're gonna tailor your whole life to wrestling, and that's what I did from my sophomore year to my senior year. Um, and I actually wrestled at uh, Fargo, North Dakota for um, the Nationals with Team Indiana um, my sophomore year uh, in the off season, so through the summer. Um, and then senior year, I was 31-9 and nine and missed going to state by um, one point at semi-state. So yeah. we were getting better. Um, and then I was going to go to college. I went to the University of Indianapolis, and I had several people trying to push me to to go on and wrestle in college. Um, but I took a step back and that's because I was getting into bodybuilding. Um, and I knew I had a passion for weightlifting and I wanted to get bigger. I didn't want to be 130 pounds anymore. That's, that's how I was all growing up was small, very small. And so I wanted to get bigger. Um, and then also I wanted to, um, I wanted to move out with my, girlfriend who is now my wife um and and just start working and and pursuing more of a career path and so i kind of left wrestling behind then so you were um, i just want to make sure everybody understands this you were 100 and some odd 35 pounds when you graduated high school yeah and how tall are you i'm five foot uh, nine and you were five nine wrestling at 135 i was about five seven okay so you grew yeah. a little bit more, but you were lankier then. Yeah, you, know, you weren't a short, squatty guy. You were you were longer. Yeah. Um, and when you decided that you were going to take a step back and get into bodybuilding at 135 pounds, what made you think that you had a career in bodybuilding? Like when you were looking at these guys, I assume in the magazines and whatnot, and how big they were. At 135, like what was going through your head? You know, I I need to gain 100 pounds. I mean, what was going through your head? It's very funny. And I have a very, um, a lot of people say I have an old soul mm-hmm. and that I, um, I act a little bit older than my age. So what, so when I was thinking back then is I didn't even really know much about bodybuilding at the time. I just knew about weightlifting and um, I was I was starting to like look at pictures of like Jay Cutler and these guys, but I never looked too far down the road. I always worried about immediate goals and kind of what I was working on. And I know a lot of people nowadays, they get so wrapped up and right when they start lifting, they're like, okay. I'm getting a gym membership. I want to take gear yep. and I want to be a professional next year. And it's just, it's almost absurd. And, and I was very patient. So back, you know, in 2012, when I first, um, when I really started hitting the weights hard, it was funny. Here's a little side story for you. My wrestling coach was also my strength coach. And when I lost my final match of my senior year, I lost seven to eight, um, to a kid that ended up going to state wow. and, um, I ran off the mat so I didn't blow up and throw a huge fit. So I ran off, I ran into the back hallway and my coach followed me out. And the first thing out of his mouth, he looked at me and he said, are you ready to get big? Oh, hell yeah. I like that. I, 
I still remember that to this day. It's a very, very cool memory that I have. And I looked at him and I smiled. And the first thing I did was get a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> was he a bigger guy? Uh, not big. He's actually like five foot five. He was a state champion from a school that was um, pretty near us. But he was our strength and conditioning coach as well. So he was really teaching me how to lift and, um, you know, getting into all that. So, yeah, that was a pretty cool a cool thing there. And do you guys still talk years later? No, we don't. I mean, I've seen him. Um, I talked to him a couple years ago. I actually, when I was getting a little bit bigger, um, I went back to my high school weight room to lift. And that was pretty funny because it shocked a lot of people when I walked in over 200 pounds yeah. and all knew me at 130. Um, but yeah, going back to what you'd asked earlier is, you know, what was going through my head was I got into college and I knew I needed to eat mm -hmm. and I knew I needed to train hard. And that was it. I didn't really think too much into it. I just was having fun. I was just eating whatever I could for one, whatever I could afford okay. <laughs> because I was broke as a joke. Which back was then. what? What were you eating? Um, I was just, it, I couldn't afford red meat. Mm -hmm. So I was eating chicken um, and I would make these big pasta meals. I would just make this pasta with chicken, um, if I was on the go, I'd eat canned chicken and I'd throw like spinach in there and, you know, some sort of dressing or salsa or whatever I could get my hands on. And then, um, I was just drinking, drinking a couple shakes a day, doing the weight gainer thing. Yep. Um, yeah, just trying to get calories in really and, and just train hard. And you, you must've always had a fast metabolism, I assume. Yeah, very. So when was your first show after that? Yeah. So 2012, like I said, got into college. Um, I was going to college. I ended up moving out in, um, 2013, 14 with my now wife. You were not married yet though. No, we weren't even engaged then yet. We were just boyfriend, girlfriend, but you were dating um, in high school. What's that? You were dating in high school, correct? Yeah. Yeah. We've been dating since 2010. Yeah. We'll come back to that in a, in a little while. I think you guys will like that story. So you, you moved out. Yeah. And then I, like I said, just was eating. Um, I was going to school full time and I was working about 35 hours a week at a restaurant as well. Um, so I was really, really busy. Um, I was basically leaving the house at seven or eight o'clock in the morning and then not getting home till about 11 PM wow. every day. Um, and that was for years. And yeah, so that was basically that. And I just, uh, like I said, I was just eating whatever I could get my hands on and, um, just trying to grow now to, when when you picked your first show did you find yeah. a coach or did you just go into it yeah so i had uh, my first show was in 2015 mm -hmm. so not that long and ago. um i i wasn't taking um any gear prior to 2015 and i just was building naturally for you know three four years really and um yeah, when I start, when I decided I was thinking about doing my first show, I, I had a buddy who just helped me. He was a, a local friend of mine, and um, he just he basically we did a twelve week prep, um, which is pretty short. Yeah, and I only met him once a week, and he didn't. He just gave me macros, which I don't. I mean, as I coach now, I don't do the whole macro thing. I just write direct meals. But um, for me, for your first show doing doing based on macros is a little tricky too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where genetics helped me and my faster metabolism mm -hmm. a little bit. And that I had a general understanding of my body and 
what kind of foods I need to be eating. And so he would just update me once a week and just say, change your macros to this, change your cardio. And then that was it. And what show is this? Uh, it was one that's in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So it's a little bit north. It's a couple hours um, kind of northeast of Indianapolis. Uh, it was called the Fort Wayne Flex. And now it's known as the Hoosier Flex. Okay. And how did you do? I um, I weighed in at 185. Okay. And they put me in the novice middleweight class. And then I also crossed over and did the open light heavy. Mm -hmm. um, I won the novice middleweight class. And then I was about, I was 13 pounds underweight in the yeah. open light heavies. And I got second out of seven wow. guys there. Um, so that was like my first taste of, of true bodybuilding and what it entailed. How was your condition? You know what? It, it actually wasn't too bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know percent wise, but off the top of my head, I mean, I wasn't like sub, I wasn't sub 7% probably. So I wasn't crazy, like peeled, like yeah. I can get now. Um, but I was shredded. Yeah. I was shredded. I had good lines. My legs have been a strong point as you know. And, um, so yeah, I had good lines and good shape. And you were how old? I was... Um, 2015, I was 21. So you're 21, 185 pounds for a show and you were, you were not natural anymore for the show. Correct. Correct. Did you do diuretics? Um, yeah, I took a diazide uh -huh. and I had no idea about any of this, hardly any of this stuff, you know, five years ago. And, um, but yeah, I took like a half a diazide the night before. And I remember my coach was texting me. And he didn't charge me too, and that's why it was like, like I said, I was pretty broke, and he was just helping me kind of get my feet wet. Mm -hmm. And um, but I remember the night before, he was like, "Go have like a big meal," and he said, "Drink some wine yeah. and take some diazide." He just said, "Take some diazide." He said, "Take a half a tab with some wine." Good. Yeah, and it it is funny though because I did I dried out really well. absolutely Dorian Yates used to have two glasses of dry red wine uh yeah. before his shows that was his big thing so I remember when I was young all these guys were like drinking wine before their shows and they were like Dorian Yates did it and um I will admit there was a show where I had a glass of dry red wine uh the night before the show because it, it was honoring Dorian Yates but so now you you, you finished the show did you feel like you had a future like you were like i'm ready to go or were you like man i got a lot of work to do it's so funny it's like i just never got that in depth with it yep. i mean i knew i really enjoyed it mm -hmm. um and i knew that I, I i called it and as you know it's catching the bug people yep. say you know oh you caught the bug and uh my wife and i we fought a lot through my first prep um because neither of us knew what to expect mm -hmm. And she didn't really like bodybuilding back then. Why not? And what's that? Why? Um, gear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She, she, just being completely honest, um, she didn't understand it and didn't like it. And I didn't know what to expect. Yep. And um, that's just complete transparency. And it was a big learning thing for us. And she stuck with me. And then the minute that I hit the stage, she said that it all changed because she could see me. She saw me light up and she saw how much of a passion I had for it. And, um, yeah, so that was, you know, we just, 
I, I knew that I needed to grow. Mm-hmm. I knew I needed to learn more and surround myself with people, like-minded people, and keep training hard. And um, yeah, and I just I didn't know when my next show was going to be because I was still in college. But was your wife worried that you were going to be unhealthy, or was it like a roid rage type thing? Not going to be able to have kids, you know? What a was- little bit of. I think a little bit of everything, but I think too that there's a media uh, stigma around gear, and you yeah. know that. And and a lot of guys that that take this stuff, they we all know it, and and it's unfortunate because it is a big stereotype and it is a big um, stigma um, that the media kind of has portrayed. Um, so when you tell somebody that okay, I'm taking stuff, I'm taking gear, I'm not natural, the first response is, oh my god, yeah. how could you? Like it's this horrible yep. thing, and um, you know, over the years she's kind of learned, and I've learned more, and and I've sat down and talked to her and explained things more. But yeah, initially it was just I I would have you know moods, bigger mood swings, and I didn't know how to control it at the time, and um, didn't know what to expect. So it was just a little bit of everything, I think. Good to be understanded. I mean, it's a good woman that she was worried, but. I love the fact that you said once she saw you on stage that, you know, she saw the passion. That is a a great woman. I like to hear stories like that. So my first show, I did uh, completely natural. And everyone said I was stupid because I did the Bev Francis uh, Atlantic States. And everyone was like, that's a big show. You're going to get your ass kicked. Everybody there is geared up. And I was like, look, I, I, I just want to see what I can do first. I just want to see what I look like. I just want to try as hard as I can and 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 see what happens. And I went all the way natural until the, the day before the show. I met this woman. And um, the fuck was her name? Jacked, jacked, jacked pro bodybuilder. Literally one of the biggest pro bodybuilders of all time. I'm not even, I'm not even exaggerating. She was a freak from somewhere in South America. And she was like... You look good, but you're not dry. You need to take these. And she gave me um, what I now know was a prescription bottle of Lasix. And so she told me to stop drinking water on Thursday night. And I did my carb up. Now, I did my whole prep by myself. So at this point, I was um, I was uh, 198, 199 pounds. And I was in pretty good shape. I was pretty good. So I did my carb up. And... Um, I did 20 milligrams of Lasix every four hours on Friday, and I drank zero water. So I weighed in at 189, so dropped 10 pounds in one day, even with my carb up, and I was, like, emaciated, but I was shredded. And uh, anyway, I I, I got fifth place in the light heavyweights, and I was so proud, I was hooked. I was like, I got a fucking shot. And guys backstage were like, you're a natural, aren't you? You're a natural. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, ah, you could tell, but you know, you got a good structure, you know, you know, it's time yeah. for you to step it up. And I, I knew right then and there that I was going to step it up. But that night, so my family, you know, we're trying to figure out where we're going to go to eat. And I, I started getting real dizzy and really lightheaded. And oh, I yeah. still hadn't had any water yet, you know, and I'm, I, I'm going on almost 48 hours of no water after taking Lasix for a day. Oh, God. So I started to um, cramp 
everywhere. I mean, I was being tough about it. I don't want my parents to, they already were a little nervous about the whole bodybuilding thing anyway. And so we go to eat at this um, pizza place that everybody from New York will remember. It was over by the Tribeca Performing Arts Center. It's where everybody used to go eat after the show. And I remember just ordering a soda. And then the next thing I remember, I'm in the back of an ambulance, right? And apparently I fainted uh, at the table. And the door opens, and there's a good buddy of mine. His name is Rene Abreu. And uh, he's one of the most brilliant guys I've ever met. Uh, we, w- we went to school together at UConn. He was kind of like a bit of a mentor to me back then. And um, he was uh, majoring in uh, exercise physiology, but he had like a minor in chemistry. And he had found out what I did. And he busts open the door to the ambulance, and he's got a Pedialyte. And the guys in the ambulance are like, you can't be in here. You can't be in here. And he was like, he needs to drink this now, or he could potentially die. And so I just grabbed the Pedialyte because I trusted him more than the EMT guys. No disrespect to EMT guys. You guys are awesome. And so they're like arguing with him. And um, he's like, I have a master's degree and blah, 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 blah. And he's like yelling at the guy. He's like, you drive a fucking ambulance. Do you want this guy to die? And I'm just chugging the Pedialyte. And while I'm chugging the Pedialyte, my mom comes to the door and she goes, there's this really, really nice man here. He's huge. And your sister and your brother are hanging out with him. And he wants to make sure that you're okay. Do you want me to get him in here? And I was like, no, I don't want anybody to come in here. I, I, I can't even believe I'm in here. And she was like, are you sure? She was like, he's a really nice guy. His name is Jay. And I'm just like, I don't care. I don't want anybody to talk to him. And she was like, he signed this book for, for your brother. And it was Jay Cutler. And so I was like, oh, my God, Mom. Jay Cutler is outside the ambulance. He, what is he doing? And they're like, he's eating in the restaurant. And we told him what happened. And I was like, I was like freaked out. So I, I got out of the ambulance. I told the guys, I'm, I'm fine. I'm getting out of here. And the girl that I was dating, I got in her car. And we just hauled ass and left everybody there. We left my family. I was like humiliated. Like, one of my freaking heroes in bodybuilding knows that I'm in an ambulance outside a pizza place, like some moron, you know, like I'm thinking like, what must Jay Cutler be thinking in his head right now as the ambulance is outside the pizza place? So I hauled my ass out of there, but that's actually part of the reason why I switched my majors in school and started putting a lot more focus into what I was doing. And eventually once I graduated and years later started coaching people, but you go in, you have this good experience, and you're 185 pounds. You're you're kind of hooked on it. You're a young man. You're a very young man. Um, what goes through your head at this point? As far as what I what I'm what I'm asking is, at this point, are you like, all right, I gotta like get on some serious gear and put on some serious size? Or I know you said that you hadn't looked all that much into it. Were you like, I'm just gonna keep taking my time? Yeah, so I I did want to start experimenting a little bit more with different cycles and different off season um, protocols and and just different food and and you know kind of old school, just kind of experimenting a little bit and doing my own research and and learning and going from there. And so yeah, I started taking some. Um, I took like Test Deca and D Ball, and that was like my first off season cycle. Do you remember the and dosages? Oh. It was probably, I think it was like 700, uh, no, it might have been 600 milligrams test. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was 300 milligrams DECA. And I started getting really bad side effects from DECA. Yeah. Um, And and then what I had learned was that it's really important to keep it um, 
at or under half the dosage of tests. Absolutely. If you're having issues with, I've been telling people that for years. Yeah. And it's very important because the minute I think I got up to 750 test and then I, I think I bumped DECA like a few weeks later up to 450. And right when I hit 450, it was like, I started breaking out oily skin, bad. My nipples were sensitive um, and then D ball, I never went over 50 milligrams. So I started at 25 milligrams, um, for the first week or two. And then, um, just to build a tolerance a little bit and then bumped it to 50, 25 morning, 25 pre-workout. Which is a great, for anybody, that's a great off season cycle overall. I mean, you, if you yep. can't grow on that, then you're not going to grow. Then it's not, it's not meant for you. Yeah. And when I, you, when you I start, jumped up, go ahead. When you started doing that, how much did you weigh? Yeah, I, I weighed um, maybe like 190, okay. 195. And you went up to what? Shoot, I think I got up to 215. Okay, but pretty, you're solid. Yeah, and Not I was bloated. I got pretty puffy. Mm-hmm. Um, the D-ball made me hold water quite a bit. Yep. Um, so I got really round and bubbly. Um, but it was more of I was a little bit uncomfortable when I was taking, when I was taking that. Um, but it, it was good. It was a good first little off season cycle. And I remember I did that off season cycle another year or not for a year, excuse me, for like my next off season, I did the same thing because I had really great results. And when did you step up to the national level shows? Um, yeah, so I, so it's kind of, I really wanted to get back on stage, but I was finishing college mm-hmm. and, um, did like I said, I was, college? huh? Did you finish college? Yeah, I have a bachelor's degree in sports management, and I have a minor in business. Very good. Um, And so I was, yeah, I was wrapping up college, and um, I was, um, like I said, I was living on my own. I was working um, almost full-time, about 30 to 35 hours a week at the restaurant, and um, I had been promoted. I was was a busboy when I started, and um, within six months, I was a server, and then after a year of that, I right when I turned 21, I got promoted to a bartender, and I was bartending, and then I started managing the restaurant as well when I was 21. While you were still in college? Yes. So you're managing a restaurant and, and going to college full-time? Yeah, and, and bodybuilding. And bodybuilding. Yeah. Damn, that's a full schedule. That's a full <laughs> schedule, and the service industry is a tough industry. I know it. I worked in it also. That's a lot of long hours, long nights. Did yeah. you bring your meals with you to work? Yeah, I did. Yep. I remember those days. I like to hear oh, yeah. like that. So oh, yeah. your first uh, your first national level show, you were how old and what was it? Yeah, so um, kind of going back to 2018, okay. I, I stepped on stage first in 2015. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to get back on stage until 2018 because I, break. yeah, like I said, I had, I had graduated in 2016. I got married in 2017 and then 2018 I was like okay I'm ready to I'm ready to get back on the stage and I had grown a lot um so 2018 I did two more local shows mm-hmm. one both of them the heavyweight and the overall classes um one was the Indiana Muscle that's actually in Evansville okay uh, and so I did that one first that was my second show and swept it. And then we went to the Midwest Battle of Champions. That's also known as the Indie Pro. Okay. So um, that show, I won 
the heavyweight and overall there. And then I had a lot of people pressuring me to go um, to either junior nationals or a national level show that year in 2018. But personally, I knew I was not ready. I didn't think I was enough caliber to win the show. And I was fine with being patient. Mm -hmm. I knew I needed to probably put on at least 10 more pounds um, to be really competitive. Cause I only was like two Oh five. Were you looking at the guys that were winning nationals? Were you looking at them? Yeah. Yeah. And you just knew you were like, I need more time. I just didn't think I had the size and the mm-hmm. maturity yet really to be at that level. Out of curiosity, is there anyone in your head that you looked at closely? Like, all right, I got to get like this. Is there a bodybuilder that you can remember? No, no, not really. Um, I mean, I kind of, I kind of watched. Well, for one, um, Derek Lunsford, yep. and that's that's mainly because we're from the same state and that we we're good friends. Um, and so I knew, you know, he had won junior nationals um, a couple times, and I just knew I was like, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Yep. Um, so you know, I just told, I talked to my coach, and I was working with Cuba with Matt Cuba at the mm-hmm. time. Um since like late 2017 is when I started working with him. And yeah, I just talked to him. I'm just curious how you guys started working together. I found him through uh, a CEDO. Really? Yeah. Because, um, Chris posts, you know, some of his, his competitors and, uh, his guys. And, um, I think I had seen Matt, Matt pop up on one of Aceto's posts. And, um, I really admired Aceto's work, but I knew I probably couldn't afford him, nor I didn't know if he would take me. <laughs> he is the best. I always say Aceto is oh, the yeah. best. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and I had been following him for a few years, but then when he posted Matt, I kind of was intrigued, and I saw that Matt was in Chicago, which is only about three hours from me. Um, and then I, I just kind of uh, I reached out. I just had a good vibe. I had good vibes from him, and um, I just – I don't know. I had a hunch. I just went with a gut instinct, and uh, – yeah, so we started working together, and like I said, 2018 won a couple shows, and I talked to him, and I said, what about, I said, what if we, and this was March of 2018, and I said, what if we do like 15 months, really, really strict, successful, full-on off-season, because I never had an off-season with a coach before, mm-hmm. before that, and so I said, what if we, you know, do this, and then we we aim for junior nationals 2019 and then USA's okay. and he, and that was the plan from March of 2018 until the day we did it. And that he said that was a great plan. Now, were you for that entire time? Were you on gear that whole time? Um, in 2018 from the time when you were 15 months out and you said, mm-hmm. let's go through this. Were you on gear the whole time? No, no, oh, I had two. Yeah, I had two phases where I was off. How long were you off for? Um, the first one was right directly post show, um, which you know I'm, and it's very smart for most people to come off and detox mm-hmm. um, right after a show with running, you know, pretty heavy on compounds. So I took some time off. I don't remember the exact dates. I think I was probably off like eight, eight to ten weeks. Yep. Um, post show. And then we started up like kind of in the summer of 18. And then I did have a pretty lengthy time on gear, mm-hmm. um, probably four or five months. Totally normal. Yeah. And, um, just for off season, we were, you know, just gradually kind of introducing new compounds and new things. And, um, yeah. And then I took, 
before we started prep, I took another uh, like 10 weeks off. So you're actually being quote unquote conservative by taking these off seasons and, and, and actually taking these breaks. So he's a very young man, guys. And I actually used to do that when I was younger too. But I can guarantee you, and I don't care who gets mad at me, I have numerous friends in the industry, older guys, that many of them were like, oh, I've been on for four years. I've been on for five years, you know? And um, so at a very young age, I think it, it, is, it is actually far more important to take the breaks that he did and to take those periods to detox his body. After a show is a great time to do it. That is actually what I typically used to do, although I used to wait about six weeks before I would do it because you have a great period after the show where if you reverse diet the right way and do things right, you can actually catch some nice some nice growth. And oh, yeah. um, also, if you go you know, pedal to the metal to the show, which a lot of guys do this too, and, and I, I always, you know, I'm like, come on, why do you think you're feeling so bad? And then they just bail out on everything after the show. You know, the drop that you get is far, far worse. I think, what was that, the Hellcat that I just heard start up outside? My dad must be leaving me. <laughs> Maybe it's a very loud car. Um, and so, you know, you were actually being pretty damn conservative, but you're also very young. And you're going into uh, your plan now. You have your, your pro card plan on the line. And we don't want to give away all the secrets and whatnot either. Some guys are are more okay with talking about that stuff than others. But were you, when you got into your plan for these shows, were you running growth hormone? Were you running high amounts of tests? Like, what was your like plan for these shows? You look very young and healthy still. Yeah, and I feel really, really good. I feel very healthy, and and Matt knows my body so well, and he and I click. Um, and just communicate very well. We have very similar um, ideas about how training should be, how the gear should be. Um, so we 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 are in sync with each other very very well. And um, there wasn't like like with Matt, and it's similar with Aceto. You know, you'll hear stories about Aceto and how it's like. Sometimes it's like fly by the night. It's yeah. just like make mm -hmm. a change randomly, and yep. you just don't really understand why. Um, so it's the same with Matt. We never really had like he didn't tell me, okay, you're going to do this much gear this week, and yep. then he here's your plan. It was just like what's the body looking like? How are you feeling? How's blood work? Um, how's digestion? And then we're going to make changes accordingly. Um, but, yeah, I mean when we started prep, I mean gear always starts really low for me. Um like when in my off phases, I'll either be completely off or I'll run a cruise dose of like 150 or 200 milligrams of test. Um, you know, and we keep in a Remedex a little bit just to, you know, keep the estrogen Absolutely. in check. Very smart. Yeah. And, but then when we start, I mean, like test will only go up to 500 and he'll introduce EQ at 150. Yeah. Very mild. Yeah. And it, very, very mild. And then, um, you know, and then a week or two later, he might jump it up to 700 or 750 test, 200 EQ, 300 EQ. Um, and then a Remedex will bump up to, to daily or every other day, depending on how I'm looking with my water, you know, how my body's holding water, reacting to the, the compounds. Um, but yeah, like we were running um, the peak of, of prep. Um, I think I was up to 1200 milligrams of tests, which is pretty high for me. And I, and for me at that, I almost look better at a thousand milligrams. Okay. 
Um, because you do, when you start to get those, when you start to get over a gram of tests a week, you start to look a little bit watery, mm-hmm. um, depending on the individual. But How much Remedix were you running at that high of amount of tests? Still just one milligram a day. Okay, but that's that's smart. That's a smart way yeah. to do it. Yep, one milligram a day. Um, but yeah, we were taking, um, yeah, growth hormone. I started growth hormone a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we did introduce insulin, um, but again, we're very, very mild with that. And um, yeah, EQ. EQ is, is we don't normally go with DECA too often um, in the off seasons anymore. We, we like EQ and how it looks, mm-hmm. how I feel. And Not how a I big fan of DECA that. myself either. Yeah, I just um, if test is high enough, we might put D, put Deca in, you know, at at three hundred milligrams, but really no more than that in the off season. I I myself personally uh, found that over three hundred milligrams, no matter what, I got Decadic, which to me, even on a lot of tests, it just wasn't worth it to me. When there were all yeah. these other things that could make you feel great, yeah. How am I going to take something that makes it so I can't, you know? To explain what Decadic is to the, the listeners that don't know at this point is your dick will still get hard, but it's not like all the way hard and it's very hard to, to finish. And it's a it's a bummer. You know, it's, it's not normal. Tease. It's you know, a tease. It, it really is. <laughs> and um, not being able to go through and finish like that to me, uh, a, a, coupled with the fact that Deca always made me very bloated. Yeah. It always gave me a strange like watery look. Um, and any issues that I ever had, uh, with acne typically came with DECA also. Now this is under 300 milligrams. It was over that is when the, all the bad stuff happened. So when people really want to do it, I actually more of an EQ guy myself, but what I do tell people is if you're, if you're trying to really push it and grow, you're going to have to be a little bit more aggressive with the EQ dose than the DECA dose. So if you're somebody that you felt like you liked DECA, at 300 milligrams, you're probably going to need 500 milligrams of EQ to yep. get those kind of, of gains. You know, some people might might disagree with me. I mean, I've actually been as high as 800 milligrams a week with EQ and yep. um, had fantastic results. Not really any side effects that were negative, uh, mm-hmm. whereas the DECA always had problems. Yeah, I'll say, I mean, when we were a peak off season of 2018 growing into 2019, and that's when I was starting to push, God, I got up to almost 240. Mm-hmm. And for me, for me with my background and that I'm, it's very hard for me to grow. Yeah. Um, that was big. That was big for me. I never, I think I was 239 or 240 after five meals one day out of seven. But, um, and that's one thing, I mean, I know we're talking about gear, but I do kind of want to reiterate is that it all revolves around training intensity and your food most importantly. And that's what a lot of these listeners, you know, if guys don't know about gear as much as, is gear is the, the sprinkles on top. Absolutely. You you need to have your base of training intensity, eating, um, getting your sleep, and then you can sprinkle in the gear. But, um, yeah, I mean, I was eating shoot, I was eating seven meals a day. Um, I think I was eating eight to 900 grams of carbs daily, 450 grams of protein and about 120 grams of fat every day. And that was for over three months straight. Plus I think I was having three cheat meals a week. What were your cheat meals normally? 
I'm a burger and fry guy. Burger and fries. So you're not going. You weren't doing like Juan Morel, like going to, going to town. Burger and fries. Yeah. Okay. Not the not the twenty thousand calorie <laughs> ice cream <laughs> stuff. So when you um when you went through juniors, yeah. After you got off stage at juniors, what was going through your mind? Because this is when I start. Just so everybody knows, this is when I actually started paying att- attention to Nathan yep. Epler. Where I was like, you know what? I knew he was young. Somebody else had told me that he was young, and I was guessing. I was like, man, he must be like twenty five years old. He's a young guy, and he reminded me in many ways of Cody Montgomery, um, with the very good separation, the great glutes, um. You know the the young, you know, healthy look. So I started paying attention very close at juniors. Now, juniors, you were what did you weigh? Um, I weighed in like two two fifteen or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two two fourteen, two fifteen at junior nationals. And um, yeah, when I got off stage, well, it's pretty weird because so I hadn't been on stage in over a year from 2018, to 2019. So I remember getting a, and I'd never been on a national level stage yep. and I didn't do any local shows in 2019. So I was a little bit nervous. And then plus, you know, you always have this look, you, you always have this look in your head of what you look like. Mm-hmm. And no matter how good you look, you're going to, you're picturing something else. Yeah. And, with me being small my whole life, I always still think I'm tiny. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking around at these guys that are weighing in at 220, 225, 224, and I'm mm-hmm. like 10 pounds lighter and shorter than some of these guys. And you're like, holy shit. And they're cutting from 260, yeah. 270 to get down. That's what I used to do. And I was like, I, I was trying not to get in my own head, but I was a little bit nervous. And, um, but then all I could think was, that's okay because they had to cut 50 pounds to get down and I just tried to grow into the show. And I was, when I started my prep, I was 220 and I got on stage at 215. Yep. And, Which is amazing. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. And I, I'm very thankful that that's how my body has kind of reacted and, and been the last few years. But yeah, so I got off. So junior nationals happened after prejudging. I was like, holy shit, like I could, I could win the heavyweight class. Mm -hmm. Like, this is crazy. And then, you know, junior nationals is a big show and it's, it was very long and drawn out. And we didn't, I didn't compete in the finals till like 9 PM, Mm -hmm. maybe nine 30. And I won the heavyweight class. And then I was like, okay, now I got a shot for an overall. And they put me in the middle, didn't move me. And then we won the overall. And I was just, uh, it was very surreal, I guess is the only thing I can say about it, because I was so thankful, and my prep had been really good. Um, and I just I felt like I belonged. Mm-hmm. I felt like I belonged. I felt like I deserved the win, and I was very excited for USAs. And um, after that, I'm trying to remember. My brain can't remember shit anymore. When did you and I start talking? Um, I think it was just, it was maybe like a week or two after juniors because juniors happened. And mm-hmm. it's so funny cause I was just watching another episode of the ask PJ mm-hmm. and how you were talking about how you, uh, serial like people's photos. <laughs> and I, <laughs> it was funny because I remember I had a couple likes on my photos from you 
And I remember looking at my wife and I was like, holy shit, like PJ just liked my stuff. And then you commented a couple times and I thought, man, and Blackstone products, I had been using Blackstone products for years. I even had a Blackstone Labs sticker on the back of my first vehicle that I bought myself. How fucking amazing is that? Excuse my language. Dude, he had a Blackstone sticker on his first vehicle. You can ask anybody, and I shit you not, I had that sticker on there. I bought the car. It was a black Chevy Malibu, and I bought the car, and I ordered some product, and I got one of the stickers, and I slapped it right on the paint. Bumper <laughs> didn't give a shit, and I had that on there from, God, like 2014 until I sold the car in 2017. I, did you pull it off the car? Yeah, but it was like it ripped apart because it was like so it had been all through the weather and stuff <laughs> and snow. So it was like I had to chip it off of there. I'll tell you what. Now that I know that story, I will fucking take care of you for life. That is a hell of a story. Yeah. And so I had been using the products and been a big fan for for several years since like 2013 or 14. And um and then, yeah, you started. We kind of started messaging, and then I think a few weeks. I think it was maybe like two or three weeks before USA's. We kind of really linked up, and that's when things started taking off. And I remember uh, the reason I was asking is because you were actually giving me uh, updates um, as you were going into USA's, and I was actually telling everybody behind the scenes. I was like, "This guy is going to win USA's. This is going to be my new guy." And I was showing uh, all the guys in the call center. I, I actually was, sometimes we do that. And if people don't like this, sorry, this is the way it is. And you think, you know, it's supposed to be private when you talk to me. And it is. I do keep shit private. But I was so excited for you that I started sending uh, your check-in pics to everybody in my call center chat, which is just like 10 guys. Sammy's yeah. in there who's an, an, an IFBB pro. Other yeah. guys that are competing. And I was like, look at this kid. He's going to win USA's. And everybody was like, holy shit. And the comments, too, were also like, oh, he has like a Cody type look. And I was like, you know, obviously, I like what Cody looks like a lot. He's been with us for f fucking seven years. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it really caught my, my eye. And um, going into USA's, I mean, the condition that you had in your, your glutes and your hams, I was like, I'll tell you what, th this guy unless some fucking ogre shows up in the super heavyweights is going to win the overall. Yeah. And then the overall came and it was a very, very good battle. Oh yeah. And I'm, I must be honest. I'm not saying it cause he's sitting here. When I watched, I thought you won the overall. And I actually think I made a post saying that you won the overall. And I think <laughs> a lot of people thought that you won the overall too. Cause we were watching the video and, uh, you didn't win the overall, the super heavyweight won. Did you, were you oh, like, were you like, fuck it, I got my pro card, like this, this, or were you like, damn, I wanted the overall? I really wanted that overall. Yeah. I, I did, and I battled, we battled hard for yeah. that overall, and and Zach um, is a very deserving champion, and it was very fun because he and I were talking a lot backstage, um, and he was very, very humble Good. and very kind. And that was – I respect that a lot because that's how I try to carry myself Absolutely. as well. 
And so that meant a lot to me. And we hung out backstage a lot. I mean, for like a couple hours, even leading up to the finals. And for finals, I peaked really, really well. Mm -hmm. Um, I was still a touch flat at prejudge looking at back at the photos. Um, but we were really trying to get me dry. Mm -hmm. And, um, then a day later I peaked so hard. I was so full. Like I was bursting at the seams full, extremely round, but I didn't, I didn't spill at all. Matt kept everything very under control. So I didn't spill. So I thought I could win this. I really could. And I was very confident that there was a chance. And I um, I really, I, I, I no disrespect to him. He's a very good bodybuilder. I looked at everything very closely. He's a big guy and he was in great shape. I really thought that you had the overall and I looked at it very closely a bunch of times. Um, I thought you had a more pleasing uh, physique and I think based on the way that your lines and structure are, you didn't look considerably smaller than him in any way. Uh, and you you were very full and very round. You know, yeah. you really did present what I thought was an overall more pleasing look. But bodybuilding is completely subjective. That's the name of the game, guys. That's the name of the game. And I, I tell people that all the time. Yeah. And, and Zach, um, yeah. We, uh, he had actually, he had about 50 pounds on me, which yeah, he was large. The, yeah. And from the photos, I, I really, a lot of people say, Oh, you only look like you're 10 pounds different. Yeah, I would say that. I would say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I was very competitive and on stage, I will tell, I will say this as well as I'm very strategic about my posing. And the reason why is I'm constantly watching the floor. Mm-hmm. So when we transition, I'm looking at where people are standing and that way I can try to make sure that I'm not behind. Very them. important. Yeah. And that was something that I didn't start doing until this year, but I got really strategic when I was on stage knowing that these guys could be bigger than me. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that I'm showing the judges exactly what they need to see. And, um, yeah. And like, I mean, we battled and battled and when we got right when I, when Zach won, I was, I was pissed for a second for yeah. like a split second. I was like pissed. And then I was like, Shit, I just want my pro card. Who cares? Like, Good. it's fine. <laughs> and and, and, uh, and you, you, you really did a hell of a job with the prep for that show. I mean, you came in spectacular. You know, I, I think that when you do a show, you know, you want to win. Obviously, there's an objective of getting a pro card, but you're going in to be the best that you can possibly be. Yeah. And I would say that I've only had that happen like maybe one time in all the times I competed. And uh, I think for you, if you win in that show, uh, you know, maybe you said you, you were a little flat at prejudging, which is frustrating. But if you left the stage and you knew that was the best that you could possibly be and that's the outcome, you can't really walk away like sad from that. Yep. You know? Yeah. And that's exactly how I thought is because I was initially slightly upset. That's exactly what went through my head as well is I couldn't have been any better. There's yeah. no way. There's no way in hell I would have been any better at this moment. And so we left no stone unturned. I did everything to a T. Um, I never missed a cardio session. I never missed a meal. I never missed any of my gear. I was very meticulous. And I was still working full time while I was um, prepping for this for these shows as well. And uh, it's funny. Here's a story for you. Um, when we got backstage – and Zach won. 
and he was going to um, have some photos taken, and he had to do an interview. Um, Jim Mannion walked – he was backstage as well, and he was talking to Zach. And I wasn't trying to interrupt, but I did want to congratulate Zach because he we battled. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of butted in just real quick, and I said, hey, just wanted to say congrats. You know, really excited for you. We battled. That was fun. Um, good luck. And then I – it was literally 10 seconds, and I, I started to turn to walk away. And Jim Mannion looked at me and grabbed me up by the arm. And he looked at both of us and he said, this was the hardest call in the whole show of the 2019 USAs. I believe it. That's awesome. He said this was almost split right down the middle. He I said it was it. the hardest decision to make. And Mr. Mannion calls it like it is, too. So that's a, that's a cool thing for him to it say. Was. It was. And that made me feel it made me feel good to know that I was, I was battling with him. And Zach's been on the national scene, I think, for four years or mm-hmm. so. Um, I'm not I'm not sure exactly how many times he's done national level shows, but I know he's been doing them for a while. So that was very cool to me to be competitive with, again, some of the guys that are up and coming. I mean, this happened very fast for you, bro. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. I mean, there are guys that grind and grind and grind and then Masters comes around and they never make it. And then some of them do finally get it in the masters, you know, look at somebody like John Meadows, you know, you know, yeah. you're so fucking young yeah, and you're a, a pro and you know, <laughs> you, you, from what I took earlier, you own a house already. Well, I did, but I sold you it. Sold yeah. it. Okay. So you yeah. already have bought and sold a house. Yeah. Which is outstanding. Um, and you're married mm-hmm. and, um, you're now, I don't want to say it like this because people are going to be like, give me a break. But you're now at a point in life where, in my opinion, you got to be like, you know what? I have all the things that are really important. How do I take it to the next level? Which is a perfect fucking time to now go on your mission as a pro bodybuilder because you're starting over. But yeah. you've already accomplished so many fucking things. Yeah. And so you've picked out a pro show, which is the first show is what? Uh, It's the Indie Pro in my hometown. Makes complete sense. He told me that he wanted to do that from the start. And your goal is to weigh what at that show? Um, I'm going to be in the 212 division. So at USA's or how much? So that's what's funny is when I left, when I got on a flight Mm -hmm. for USA's, I actually weighed about 217 or 218, but my weight class was up to 225, so it didn't it didn't matter. But when we water cut, I got down to 211 the morning of the show. And you were shredded, but you said you felt a little bit on the flatter side. Just a touch, yeah. So now your objective is to grow, get bigger, get better. Yeah. But do all of that with only one pound to work with from what you weighed in. At USA's. Yeah. Does that stress you out at all? No. Okay. <laughs> no. I think I trust I trust Matt so much. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it doesn't stress me out, but it is something that's on the back of my mind because right now I'm about eight to eight to nine pounds bigger than I was at this point in prep last year. So and I'm I'm significantly leaner. Yeah. 
I mean, you're so, lean. Yeah. You're so lean. it does, it does go through my head, but I was a wrestler. Yep. I've cut lots of weight before. Um, and I trust Matt. So I'm just sticking to my guns. So let's, let's talk about this real quick because you're going to have to cut hard at the end. So when you were doing USA's, what did your cardio get up to? Um, it was up for a little bit up to like 45 or 50 minutes, just once a day. Okay. And is that steady state or what do you step mill car, uh, treadmill? What are you doing? Yeah. Just treadmill incline walk. So no step mill at all. No, no step. They all had those glutes. Now let me fucking tell you guys something. Excuse my language. Genetically. The glutes are such an interesting muscle because it takes perfect dieting. And it takes meticulous planning and it takes hard work. But I will tell you this right now. I have seen some guys, I'm gonna call out my boy, Guy Sister Nino, right now, who had glutes at like eight weeks out, nasty, but mm -hmm. still had a belly. Strangest thing. And by belly, I just mean he didn't have abs, right? Yeah. And some guys just have freaky, freaky, freaky glutes. And and Nathan is one of those guys, I'll tell you what, it is a it is a a gift that I hope that you appreciate and it's not taking anything away from your hard work because I'll tell you guys right now, when you turn around and you've got nasty glutes, oh yeah, they're gonna look at you. I've seen guys get looked at with the rest of them sucks because they have nasty, nasty glutes. Now the rest of you is good, fortunately. Um, but when you have nasty glutes like that, that's why I torture my people and people are like, they get upset sometimes. And also I've had some, some freaky girls that I've competed with like Karina Nascimento, whose glutes got so shredded in women's physique that I actually had to like tell her to chill out a lot. And she wasn't really doing that much cardio, but then I've had these guys that are busting out two 45 minute sessions, still kind of like softer back there. And I'm like, look, here's the deal. We've tried everything else. We've tried to figure this out. I'm believing that you're not cheating and that you're doing all the things that you're doing. Your ass is still too soft. Yeah. And, you know, like as Dave Palumbo used to tell me, your ass still looks like my grandma's. And, <laughs> you know, he was the first person that got that in my head about glutes, 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 glutes. Yeah. And, you know, you have a you have like a an ace in the hole, as they say, when you turn around with, with your genetic structure with the glutes. So now what you need to do is keep building everything else bigger yeah and then come down so i'm assuming that you're gonna probably have to do more cardio and and, and a little bit more probably a little bit more suffering at the end to make the 212 this time yeah i'm gonna have to suffer in the last week and that's what's i mean normally we start my carb my, my carb up like on tuesday damn yeah i mean i get the food back in quick my body looks so much better with more food i believe and it. it's it's so ass backwards, but it's it's the truth with me is I just I look way better when I have more food. And so I know already I won't get the food added back in until like we're probably ready to get on stage or a couple days out. I mean, I know I, I'll need a I'll need a certain period of time to restore glycogen in the muscles so I'm full, but um chances are I've already talked about this with my wife. I'm like, I might not sleep the night before the show because I might be eating every freaking hour after I have to make the weight <laughs> that's, that's one of the cool things about most of the pro shows is you have time to eat up after you make the weight. Yeah. Um, now, you and your wife have been together since you were how old? 16. 
So you've been together since you were 16. That's a long ass time. I love it because I, I, I love to hear stories of people that have been together for that long, growing up together. What is, what is obviously she's your, 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 your main supporter. What is her, her role in all this? Does she help a lot? Does she stay out of your way? You know, like, how does that all work out? She lets me do what I need to do. So that's, and that's key. It is very key. And she does, like, if I tell her I need chicken cooked or I need something, I need help with something, she doesn't question me. She'll get up and do the dishes or, you know, do whatever, take the dogs out, just help me. Um, and she's just, yeah, she's been my rock. When I start to get in those last, you know, four to six weeks and I'm, like, brain dead and, like, you know, dragging my feet, like, that's – it's funny – I talked to Matt this year. I was like, my feet and legs feel heavy. He said, heavy legs equal peeled. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like you feel like you can't pick your mm -hmm. legs up. Like yep. you literally are like skidding your feet yeah. across the floor. And yeah, she's just always been, she's just been my biggest fan and my number one supporter. And uh, we grew up together. We were through sports together. Um, funny story. I'll give you a side story. This is crazy. And I have pictures proof of this. We played on the same soccer team when we were five years old. No way. Swear, swear on so it. So you guys really, really it, it, like, yeah. it was almost like fate that you guys were supposed it's to be together. Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And then we became good friends in middle school. And then in high school, we started dating um, when we were 16. And now we've been together almost 10 years. Was there ever a point in school where you didn't like each other? No, no, no. So you've always got along great. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. She's, it's funny, all my buddies, she literally hangs out with me and all my buddies, and all of them say she's one of the guys. She's well, just one of the I'll guys. I'll tell you, people, those are the better ones. I promise you that. Take it from somebody that's been through it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now, uh, I know she's getting home soon, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, drag you, you on too much longer. This has been a great podcast. It's been very interesting and i think that people are going to really like your story a lot i knew some of your story i know a lot more now and i've i've really enjoyed um going through this with you um what you know to to to, to end it on a on a really interesting and fun and high note what is the plan going through this year from a business perspective from a bodybuilding perspective from a personal perspective we're in january Fuck New Year's resolutions. We're not talking about any of that shit. We're just talking about where your year is is starting and and where do you where where are you going? Yeah. So and I'll kind of recap too. Like last year was a an absolutely insane year. It was a huge year. There was yeah. so much going on. Um, just absolutely ridiculous. Because like I said, I was working full time and I actually worked for a mortgage company for three years. Damn. Um. And I, so I was working about 40 to 45 hours a week, um, writing loans and doing assistant work, stuff like that while I was bodybuilding. But after, after, and I knew I kind of wanted to get out of that industry. I really wanted to get into, um, coaching more cause I've been coaching for, um, about four years mm -hmm. and over the last couple, it started really taking off. And I was like, man, I could maybe, you know, do this as a career, but I just didn't know, I didn't know how to bridge the gap. Yeah. I didn't know the plan of attack. And after USA's, three days after USA's, I quit my job. Yeah, I and remember when you told me that. I knew, yeah, and I knew I just wanted to, I wanted to pursue my passion. And it was a little bit rocky, but 
you know, we're doing very well. And then, like I said, we sold our house and we actually didn't even have to sell our house, but the way the market is, it just, it was a good move for yeah, us. Good for you. It was more of, yeah. More of a lateral move. And so then going into this year, um, you know, I'm running my own business. I'm, I'm coaching personal training, doing all that. And, um, the goal right now for one is just to stay consistent, just continue to do what we've been doing for the last couple of years because it's been highly successful. Um, so we're not changing a whole lot. We're just, I'm continuing to work hard with my clients and my coaching business. And then we're looking at the indie pro where we think that we have a, a good chance to win, to win that show. So oh, then yeah. the goal obviously is to win there and then pursue the uh, 2020 Olympia. Amazing. Very exciting. Yeah. Well, you've done a hell of a job, man. I appreciate that. I'm, I've been impressed with you from the start. And I think what impresses me the most about you is not necessarily just your physique and that you're um, a very nice and humble guy. It's the fact that you're a nice, humble guy with that physique so young. Yep. That is what is, is truly impressive about you. You have a very good head on your shoulders. And I think that you're going to do a lot of great things, not just in bodybuilding, but I think that in your career. And um, I, I wish you the, the best success. I've, I've met uh, your wife. She's a very, very sweet girl. You guys seem like a really great pair. I think that you are the kind of person that, that uh, bodybuilders should look up to. And I remember there was a point where, um, I don't know if it was uh, Charles Barkley maybe who said that we are, athletes are not role models. You know, He made this big statement about it. And in many ways, athletes really shouldn't be role models. They really shouldn't be. And many bodybuilders should not, should not be role models either. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um, and you look up to like certain guys that you don't know anything about, but I hope that people listen to this podcast and they walk away from it that they say, man, that's a guy that I'd like to be like, because you're a really good guy and you've done some fucking awesome things. So I salute you for that. I appreciate that very much. Yeah. It means a lot. I, I, I appreciate you coming on here. This is a very good podcast. And, um, of course we'll keep talking more. Um, yeah, Black no, and I, I wanted to say too, real quick, is you know I, I really appreciate you guys and what you've done for me and um, Blackstone, you know, becoming like family to me and the other athletes and stuff. Because I've, I've looked up to Cody, you know, and Keon, and especially Cody, Cody Montgomery. I've been following him for since he was since he did Teen Nationals. Yeah. So and uh, it's it's been cool to become a teammate and like you know like family with you guys and and my other sponsors and stuff and. So I'm just I'm thankful and just excited, excited for 2020 and what we're going to bring. Any any um, shout outs or plugs? And also, if anybody wants to reach out to you for coaching, how should they do that? I mean, how are we going to close this out? Yeah. Yeah. So my Instagram handle is um, IFBB underscore Nathan underscore Epler. Um, you can find me there. You can also send me an email at Epler elite at gmail.com. That's my, my business is Epler elite training and nutrition. Um, so you can hit me up either one of those ways and, um, couple shout outs, obviously shout out to my amazing wife. She's, she's fantastic. Alexa, um, shout out to my coach, Matt Kuba. He's done a wonderful job and been, been there for me the whole time. Shout out to you guys, Blackstone, um, UPJ and, um, yeah, just my family and friends. I just can't thank everybody enough. It's exciting. And, uh, you know, you, you can't do it 
can't do bodybuilding without a team. And nope. even though people say it's an individual sport, you, you got to have a team around you to get through it. Um, I want to, this is really cheesy, but I also want to ask before we go, what Blackstone Labs products are you using right now? I'm using a lot of Blackstone Labs products. <laughs> Shoot. God. Um, well, I'm using the Dust V2 and Hype Reloaded. That's the pre-workout combo that I'm using right now. That's absolutely fantastic. Okay. And the first time I took Hype Reloaded, I will say I was cramping because I didn't realize the potassium chloride is really strong. It is very strong. You yeah, guys got to drink really a lot strong. of water before. I tell everybody, 45 minutes before you train, try to drink. I always tell people, if you could do 32 ounces of water, it'll make that product work way, way, way better. If you could do more than that, that's fine. But it's no joke. Don't just dry, scoop it, and go. Don't just take it before you get to the gym. You've got to take a lot of extra water with it. Yeah, I don't even – most of my pre-workout, like if I take Dust X, I'll mix it with eight ounces of water. Mm -hmm. But if I take Dust V2 and Hype Reloaded, I don't even mix it. I mix it with 25 ounces of water. Good. And um, so I'm taking those. The isolation protein is fantastic because the digestion is kick-ass and I have no bloating on it, which I've taken all kinds of proteins. And my protein is pre-workout and it I've had proteins that sit like a brick in yep. your stomach. So the digestion's fantastic. Um, what else? I'm taking Recomp RX. I'm taking Myostack. I'm taking um, the IGF-1. I'm still on that. I'm taking uh, – I just added Carnitrim in because I'm going to add that before my, my cardio. Yep. Um, I'm taking the multivitamin. I'm taking the gear support. You're on the, on the arsenal. Now, one thing I didn't notice that you say – I'm interested by are you not using glycolog um i haven't been so i typically take glycolog when i'm not taking insulin when i'm not taking like humalog mm -hmm. um because i'm very very sensitive yep. to insulin insulin responses mm -hmm. and so typically what i do is and like right now i'm not taking I'm not taking insulin, mm -hmm. so I'm adding back in the glycolog, but previously I was taking uh, Humalog, and so I didn't want to take glycolog as well and have a chance where I could potentially go hypo. Out of curiosity, how much um, Humalog do you use? Uh, it just depends, and it, it depends on the time of year, or I guess it depends on if I'm on the off-season or if I'm in prep, but like for example in prep, I'll usually take um, – Anywhere from three to six IUs in the morning mm -hmm. uh, before meal one. And then um, typically, again, we'll take anywhere from like five to eight IUs pre-workout. Mm -hmm. um, those are very, very high-carb meals for me. And again, it just kind of – it varies. Like before Junior Nationals, I remember I was taking eight IUs before breakfast, and I got up to like 10 or 12 IUs pre at one point. Yeah, that's still fairly conservative by the yep. way guys so i i've i've used uh the most i used was 10 units three times a day and yeah. i actually have spoken to some guys who work with some gurus um that i've been pretty blown away by some of the numbers that these guys are, are using but i have a, a buddy he's not with the company anymore a very nice guy that was using 80 units a day 
of Humalog, but he was also eating like a thousand grams of carbs a day. And I was like, that is fucking nuts. He also yeah. had a very, very bloated midsection. I was just too much food and too much insulin, in my opinion. So what you're doing is, is very conservative. There are people that are very afraid of insulin. Uh, they don't understand it. They don't understand how to use it the right way. I encourage, if you haven't watched it, I encourage you and anybody else that's listening to this to please watch the video that I did with Jennifer Strobo uh, on Glycolog. It is, I think it's probably the most powerful as far as a product goes, it's probably the most powerful video that I've ever put out because she's a type one diabetic and she found out that she had diabetes when she was eight years old. We've been friends for years. I started sending her glycolog years ago. Her doctor loved it. And so when she started using uh, glycolog, she prefers a, a combo of Humalog and Novolog, both very fast acting. So when she started using glycolog, she was using about uh, 20 units of insulin a day, which for a type 1 diabetic is still very low. Um, and now she consistently only uses about 7 or 8 units a day because the glycolog controls her blood sugar so well. And she actually told a story about how on Sundays she does what she calls Sunday fun day. And she'll eat about 5,000 calories spaced out over a long period of time. And she bookends it with glycolog. And, you know, she wears a glucose monitor, of course. And when she wakes up in the morning... She's usually around 110 after 5,000 calories of fucking cookies and cereal and all kinds of other shit. That, that for, for many of you, won't understand that. That's very, very impressive. Oh, yeah. Um, and that just shows you how incredible that product is at controlling your, your blood sugar. And that's why I, I, I push that product on people so much. By the way, we can't medically, of course you know, prescribe these things. We're not doing that. We're not saying if you're a diabetic that, you know, you can change your medicine. I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm just saying, look at this example of somebody that's really enhanced what she's been able to eat as far as really more carbohydrates and utilize less medicine because of it. That, that's why I always, always ask if everybody's using that product, but you are um, using a lot of the products and using them all very wisely. And yeah. I, I appreciate that. And I didn't want to get corny and ended on the supplement stuff because we actually did cover some great, great stuff today. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll interject here and I'll tell you a funny story. This is cool. This is before junior nationals. Um, my pre-workout meal was two bakery muffins. So a lot of you guys may already know this, but I was eating a bakery muffin from Costco. It's 75 grams of carbs mm -hmm. per muffin. I don't even know the fat content. Very similar to the Dunkin' Donuts ones that I've always – like I have a couple of my guys that I have doing Dunkin' Donuts muffins. They're 75 grams of carbs. Yeah. yeah. So these are big. And I had a bakery muffin and a protein shake pre-workout every day for 18 weeks last prep. Let me tell you something. This guy is way younger than me. He's like 14 years younger than me. I was telling Billy Gagliardo the other day that I prepped on a protein shake and a goddamn Dunkin' Donuts blueberry muffin before my workouts because he was like can we change this around a little bit especially because he's off season and i was like yeah we can and i was like i don't want to throw this at you but you can absolutely eat especially if it's this specific muffin because i know the exact macros to it <laughs> and his mind was like blown by that and you know now i see these guys now everybody has their their little things i actually originally got that from chris aceto a million years ago right so muffin pump. You can't, you can't beat it. I see guys that are eating like 
English muffins all the time. That's a new one now is the English muffins. Like you'll see guys eating like four English muffins and shit like that. And I'm like, man, you guys don't even know. You don't even know about the goddamn just regular muffin. Yeah. The regular so I was – so this, this funny story is before Junior Nationals, I did a photo shoot. Um, and it was my last workout. And Matt said, okay, I want you to have two scoops away. Only mix it with eight ounces of water though because we were cutting water. Yeah. And then he said, have two bakery muffins and ten units of insulin. I said, okay, got it. So I did it. This is how sensitive I am to insulin and to food. I started to go hypo with 150 grams of carbs from muffins and 10 units of insulin. Well, you, you, I can tell your metabolism is fast. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's just ridiculous. And so literally I was driving. And within 20 minutes after eating, I started getting the cold sweats. I started like getting a little agitated. Like I really quickly got agitated. And then I was getting a little bit like tunnel vision and I was like, shit. And so I didn't talk to Matt because my initial response was I can't pass out. Yeah. And I'm driving. And so a buddy of mine, uh, my two training partners and guys that I coached into junior nationals with me, I was like, do you guys have some muffins on you? And they were like, yeah, but they had the smaller ones, <laughs> but I was like, that's okay. I said, I'm just going to have to eat this because I don't want to go hypo yeah. We're driving on the interstate right now. Absolutely. I said, give me a muffin right now. And so then I, ate, you know, one that was like 40 grams of carbs additional. And then immediately five minutes later, I was fine. Matt knows me so well. I did the photo shoot. He commented on one of the pictures and said, wow, you look really full here. Do you have an extra muffin? <laughs> swear, swear. That's good stuff. That's the kind of coach that you want. No kidding. No kidding. But I yeah, like that. so that's, I'm super sensitive when it comes to that stuff. So that's a great, that's a great story. Um, oh, yeah. but you're doing everything really, really wisely. So, and you look good. You look healthy. Um, yeah, I hope you stay uh, healthy and injury free and you just keep progressing the way that you do. And we're going to be rooting you on this year. Uh, awesome podcast. Thank you very much for coming on. Get yeah, this thanks thing for out. having me. We'll get this thing out in a week or so. Awesome. And uh, we'll be in touch in, in that in that downtime. Cool. All cool. right, man. Sounds good. Thanks, PJ. I say, I say I end these things the same way every time. Uh, fantastic guests. Thank you so much, Nathan Epler, uh, for coming on. And as always, peace out. Bye, guys.